Welcome to Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a weekly podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host Dennis Simpson as we discuss the history, facts, people, places, events, lots more surrounding Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Visit the website at hotspringsvillageinsideout.com. Today's show is brought to you by Central Arkansas's favorite radio station, KVRE. Find them on the dial at 92.9 FM. Stream them live at kvre.com. Welcome to Hot Springs Village Inside Out and the elusive unicorn of interviews. That's right, Miss Stephanie Heffer. Stephanie, so great to have you today. How are you, dear? I'm great. How are you guys? Wonderful. And the reason why I say the unicorn of interviews, how long have we tried to interview you? It's it's been a couple few months, no doubt about it. I've and it's my fault. These guys have been no. really persistent and really patient. No, I've no, canceled you, we, a time or two. We you had to cancel. We had to shuffle. It's just uh, yeah, we're just thrilled to have you on. Thanks. Tell me about how a girl from Oklahoma did. I get that right? That's a right. Girl from Oklahoma gets to the village. How do you do okay, that? Okay. Well, and, now you see you've buried the lead. Okay. Oh, what? hello, Okies. We're okay. I knew <laughs> I liked right. her. I knew I liked her. Keep going. Are you from Oklahoma too, Randy? I was born in Ada, Oklahoma. Ada, Oklahoma. I'm a Tulsa girl. Tulsa. Jinx, Oklahoma is my uh, alma mater. Jinx. I'm a Jinx Trojan girl from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. Great high school. Actually, yep, yep. Jinx. uh, So actually, Jinx via Dallas lived out outside of Dallas, Sherman, Denison area, uh, and then here. So my husband at the time was going to college in uh, Texas. So that's how we got um to Dallas or Sherman and then uh and then came Hot Springs Village was a job we came here for a job believe it or not he was what in kind of job I, I didn't know this I, I yeah he was uh in horticultural science field and he was a golf course superintendent so he came here to Hot Springs Village uh as a golf course superintendent at the DeSoto golf course way back in 1990 in 1990 that's how i got here yeah so with a baby in tow a brand new baby in tow in fact still had the baby new baby smell had the fresh baby new car new car baby smell right yeah that's right that's right and and so you needed a job and you thought to yourself i thought to myself i'm gonna go to work anywhere i can find that will give me a paycheck actually so again had baby i was like 22 years old i was a young kiddo in a retirement community, I thought I had fallen off of the end of the world, drove through the gates. At that time, there was nothing here. I mean, it was trees and more trees. Uh, there weren't even eight golf courses or nine golf courses, nine golf courses as there are today. Obviously, there was there was no Magellan. There was no Ponce. Well, maybe Ponce, barely Ponce. There was no Isabel. There was no Granada. There was no Diamani. You know, none of that was built yet. Um, there was no East it, Gate think- yet. I think you call it Golfville. Golfville oh. had not been built yet. Yeah, that's right. So it was a different world back then, very much so. And so, uh, yeah, I applied for a job absolutely as a receptionist at the Hot Springs Village PLA just for something to do to to um, just to fill my days, honestly, make a little bit of money. And I had actually, um, so this is a little known fact about Stephanie Heffer. Uh, I was a trained court stenographer. I had gone through court reporting, court stenography school. So that's actually what I what I had been doing before. Uh, and but I but my license wasn't good in Arkansas. And then again, at the time I, I had a baby, I was in a new state. I I wasn't really ready to go back and 
re up and retrain myself in the ways of Arkansas court, court stenography. So went to work just doing something. And, uh, and here I am. I, my, my mouth is hanging open. More, more buried leads here, Randy. Stenography? I had no idea. Back in the days when it was the little bitty machine, you know, where you just sit there. And, yeah, that was me. Yeah, that's uh, wrong. Did so you did ever, you do that? Did you ever Tulsa? do that? Yeah. Did you ever do that? You know, a little freelance. I never I never worked for the court system or anything. Just, just right. did a little freelance kind of work. No, I never actually went and did it full time. Mm-mm. So it was 1990 when you went to work as a receptionist at the POA? It is. So yeah. let me cut back here. So look, we, we go to 1990 and then we go to 2020 and in between you were for at the POA for 30 years. And we start as a front receptionist and we ended up doing what? I, I went through a whole bunch of different jobs, real honestly. And so I'm a, I'm a pretty ambitious kind of a person and I love to learn and I'm, I'm sort of self-taught. I like, you know, I just continually look for ways to improve and look for ways to move, you know, move through the ranks. And so I did, um, I did the receptionist thing until something opened up in the water area, water department. So I started doing uh, the water billing and water, you know, that's sort of into that world. And then uh, I did cost accounting and, and some of that sort of thing. And, and lo and behold, that's about the time that John Paul came to work for the POA, somewhere in there. And he was wandering through one day and he, he was watching me work and we, we sort of just began to chit chat. And he said, he said, what are you doing down here? This is downstairs in the county. He said, I tell him what I'm doing. He goes, you're kind of buried down here in, in this in this accounting world. You should come to work in golf. You'd be, you'd be good in the golf world. And he said, do you want to, do you want to make a move? And I said, I do. He said, you should come be my assistant. And so I did. And so I went to work for John and uh, that was really the beginning of my sort of, I I guess, uh, mentorship through the John Paul ranks of leadership school, I guess. And he, uh, he really, he really kind of brought me along and, and I, and I just, from there, I felt like I kind of blossomed into, to what I, what I do today. And Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just Uh, did a little bit of everything project management to, you know, I I led the tea time group. I, I I ran uh, the food and beverage group for a while, actually doing that. I just became kind of the right hand person in the golf world. Well, and and I think the, uh, the training, the John Paul training school has served you well in many ways, if you know what I mean, as I, as I'm speaking to somebody who's now working at Arvest and we'll come back to that in a minute, but I I can't wait to know. So uh, what was it like with John Paul? And and I want to, I want to say something first. I want to get this all the way, Stephanie, you and I, and John Paul have been in boardrooms before, and we've sat down and had not they're never argumentative discussions, never, but we've had stern conversations where we're like, I want to do this. And I don't think you should do this. And you think we should. And, and we all have this conversation. I've never come out of that room and not thought I didn't feel heard. Now, the the greatest compliment that I can give John Paul, we don't have to agree on everything. That's not our job, your job, my job, whatever. But I always thought, and, and with you too, I felt heard. My point of view made sense. Uh, somebody acknowledged it, and okay, we're, we'll look into that. We'll we'll take a look at this, and we'll review that. What's it work like working with John Paul every day? Is that a scenario? Is that a reality? Yeah, you know, I think John and um, John and I had a really good, healthy working relationship as well, and we did not always see eye to eye either. So, but John is um, he gave me a lot of room to express my opinion, and so you know, my philosophy was always. And on, I would say to him, you know, I, I would tell him 
frankly, you know, I disagree with this or I disagree with that, but, but I, but I also respect you and your position and you're the boss. And so while you're the boss, um, I'll do what you require me to do. You know, if this is, if this is the direction you want to go, we're going to go that direction. There are times as well, though, he would look at me and he would see my point of view and say, you know, I like where you're going with this. Let's go that direction. So I think we just, we really actually had a great back and forth through the years to the point that he began to really, really respect what I brought to the table. Uh, I respected what he brought to the table and, and, and it helped me again. It helped me to grow in confidence. Again, I was a kid. I mean, I, I started at 22 years old, you know, and so he helped me build that confidence in myself to make a decision, stand on it, you know, and he said to me years and years ago, he said, Stephanie, you'll never, ever have to feel guilty or bad about a decision you make. If you always do the right thing, just feel, you know, never, ever feel like you're not doing the right thing. If it's the right thing, it's the right thing. You know, you didn't. And I, and I've just lived by that. I just live by it. You know, you haven't betrayed yourself or anybody else. You don't, you don't lie. You don't cheat. You know, you know, you just, you just do the right thing. And it's, it's just, it's just good advice, you know? So that's just kind of the way we work. And, and so for me, John and I, we just worked that way. Then we worked that way today, even without me working at the POA, I still can call him and he still calls me. You know, I, I talk to him once or twice a week today, even today, he and I, he and I talk all the time. So it's good. It, it was a good relationship then still is, still is today. Yeah. So I worked for him uh, about 15 years, actually. He was kind of the direct, direct report, if you will. And then um, an opportunity came along for the recreation director. That position opened up, which would have been more of a peer position to John in the POA org, org chart. And I applied for that position uh, with no real experience at all in recreation or that level of leadership, uh, you know, but but I had built a reputation enough that the, the powers that be and the GM at the time felt that I was ready. And so they gave me an opportunity to, to lead that division. And I, I did well and uh, and did that for I, I don't really know how many years I'm going to say eight or nine years. And um, and that was a big job too. you know, recreation more or less covers everything fun and interesting about Hot Springs Village other than golf. Right. So it's it's all the lakes and trails and you know, all the fun uh, until David Twiggs came along and said, Stephanie, how, how do you feel about development and, and building and community and all of that kind of stuff? Let's, let's see how you fit there. And, um, and that's when he kind of pulled me off into that direction. And I left the recreation department and, and moved on into all those other weird titles that they gave me that nobody knows what they are. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got Randy. I know you got questions. You go, I do go. <laughs> Well, I'm over a 30 year career, the give us some sense. And I've asked other guests, this give us some sense when you walk in the door in 1990 and all the changes when you walk out the door in you know, last year. Yeah. Um, it's kind of surreal, honestly, Randy, it was, um, it was such a long time ago and it was so old school. I mean, I mean, beyond the fact that in 1990, it was still a smoking office, <laughs> You know, it was still like those were back in the days you'd get on an airplane and everybody was smoking. It was still the office was full of ashtrays and all of that, you know, um, it was it, but it also was everybody knew everyone. It was still very much a small town kind of a feel. I was absolutely the baby of the family. You know, I was young, young, young. Everybody um, 
treated me that way too. It, not in a terribly bad way, but just, I was, I was the kiddo. But um, when I left, I was the senior person on staff. So I, I came in as this absolute, nobody knew me. And I was the youngest person in the building and almost in the community. And I left um, having grown into the whole place. <laughs> I was, I was old. <laughs> I was old and, and uh, the senior, when, the when senior you, when you, when, you fir- when you first arrive, is it like this? Oh crap moment. Where am I? And what have I done? Or. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because Tulsa is not like a, you know, it's not like a big metropolis, but it's big compared to this yeah. and Dallas of course is. And so I was used to city. I was used to a, a much larger space and place and a whole lot more people and convenience and all that kind of stuff. So for the first, I would say, honestly, for the first five or six or seven years, um, we would go almost, almost every weekend we would go back. We were just like, what do we do here? (laughs) What are we going to do here? And uh, so we would work during the week and we would go home on the weekends, see our friends and see our family and go back to the city. Cause it was, it was truly, there was nothing here. You know, there was just nothing here. Yeah. So I, but I, I love I, it. I, I got to tell you, I raised two children here. I mean, I so I came with one baby in tow and I left with two grown men who are fine, amazing kids and uh, adult men now. But um, I, I couldn't have asked for a better place to raise two kids. And they. Yeah. Well, somewhere in here, somewhere in here, you you, you married somebody and, I did. And, uh, yeah. with a golf background or something. What, yeah. What happened? So, so, so unfortunately my first marriage didn't, didn't make it. Um, he's a a fine, great human being. He and I are still very good friends and a great father to my boys. Uh, but I, I went through a divorce and was divorced for a few years. And, and my husband, Tom today, Tom Heifer, who's the director of golf here in hot Springs village. Um, he, he, at some point during that period of time, he had gone through a divorce as well. And, uh, but we had worked together for a long time, years, you know, years and years actually, and I'd known him and worked with him and, um, we'd always been friends, you know, we'd been friends and, and, uh, I don't know, somewhere along the line and after the divorces and everything else, that friendship just became, you know, it just grew into a, wow, well, you're divorced and I'm divorced and why not? <laughs> and so here we are. Yeah. So, and actually now we, we will be married, um, 10 years in October of this year. Really? Actually. Congratulations. So, yeah. Well, and you've said before in my other show that he made you a heifer. So we'll, we'll <laughs> just leave heifer. that as it were. I, I don't hey, think that's, so. that's the first, that's one strike. He's got one strike. <laughs> <laughs> but he also brought three great kids into the, into the mix. So but my two, and he's got three others. So we've got a, a really nice blended family of five. So we're good. Uh, his background in the village is, I mean, give me some idea. Crazy, actually. So Tom is originally from New York. He's from upstate New York uh, in the Rochester area. And uh, he's, yeah, he came down with his um, ex-wife and her family and was here for a while. Ended up being hired by John Paul, actually. So he kind of started with that same John Paul story. And one day you'll have to get him on the show because his story is really interesting and unique and Another really good friend of ours, Mike Socha, they have a, a really interesting story about how he's also from upstate New York. And anyways, I won't, I won't spoil that story, but it's a really good story. And, uh, uh, but anyways, he's, um, he's worked a number of places, but found a home in Hot Springs Village and loves it. And yeah, he's, he's the guy here. 
Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so mm-hmm. we got to get to how we transition to our best here in a minute. We have to have mm-hmm. others, but so many, I mean, you know, a lot of times people will say that, that, uh, every decade is like a different life or a different style or something. And I can see where maybe the first 10 years might've been one and the second 10 years, but the last few years have just been so many positions, so much change, so much turmoil, so much just change, change. It's yeah. not all bad, just change. Um, tell me about how we got to our vest. What, 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 what made you want to go there? Or I, I in my opinion, I, I, as a friend who saw you on the regular basis, I would think, you know, working at the POA, I would think, man, she, I don't know when she quits working. I don't know when you get any time off at the POA. So fill in that blank. Well, I, I, so I, you know, I, I would have happily worked at the POA forever, really. I mean, it's, it it's been, a, it was a great, great, great career for me and, um, and had a lot of friends there and I have a lot of respect for all the people that are still there, but yes, the last four or five years were pretty tough. Uh, not just the POA, but the, the community as a whole, we, we went through a pretty weird transitional phase here, I think. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that we've pulled out of it. And I think that's fantastic because we needed to, and I think we've turned a, a turn to stone here and that's, that's so good. So good for all of us. <clears throat> but, um, and I wasn't looking, I wasn't looking to leave. Uh, I didn't leave because of money. I didn't leave because of any of that. I left because an opportunity came my way. It felt like a good time and it fit me. It just fit me. It fit my personality. It fit, it just fit me well, you know? And so, um, I just took it. And, and what I do is, is so much a part of community. And that's what I believe in. I believe in people, I believe in relationships. I believe in connection. And, um, and this was giving me that opportunity to step back into the community and, and, and over the last several years in, in my job, as you mentioned, I'd become so busy and so kind of just, I don't know, it was really kind of a little bit overwhelming. I'd, I'd become much more in the, in the operations side of the POA in a much more big holistic way. So really in a lot of different parts and pieces um, that it had taken me out of the connection to the community. And that's where I belong. I, you know, I just, I just feel that. And so this was this was an opportunity to put me back into that place. So, so I'm a, I'm guessing Mr. Gooch was the guy that came, a mutual friend that we know. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and it didn't it didn't start like so. Nobody, I, I don't want to make it sound like I got I got ripped away or stolen away by Arvest, but but Donna Ilward was a was a person that was working in the same role that I have, and she she retired from Arvest and left the community and moved away, and and when she left. She said to the Arvest team, um, I have somebody, I know somebody in the village that would be a good fit for my job. And when you guys uh, consider replacing me, you should, you should make a phone call to this gal. She'd be, she's got kind of the skills that you're looking for. And she has the connection to this place that Arvest needs. I could and not so fathom. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I could yeah. not fathom a greater endorsement. I really couldn't. Donna was an exceptional lady and that that's fantastic. Yeah. And that's, and, and so Donna and I had worked a lot together in a whole bunch of different capacities, sat on a number of different boards and committees and, and different things over the years, over a lot, a lot of years actually. And, and so, uh, and yeah, it was, and it was exciting to me too. She called and said, Hey, would you mind if I gave your name? And I said, no, you know, I think that, you know, I'm not, saying yes or no either way, but no, I don't mind if you give my name. And 
a conversation is a conversation and one conversation turned into two and two turned into 10 and, and uh, it didn't happen quickly either. You know, these conversations occurred over a whole bunch of different months and it took a while to really make the decision. It wasn't something that I took lightly. So yeah, it's hard to leave someplace you've been a really long time. And I care about the POA. I care about the success of the place and the company and the people that I work with and for. And, and so I didn't want to leave without it feeling like it was going to be okay, you know, and, and they were in a, in a place in time where they were hiring a new general manager and that person needs an opportunity to step in, you know, with a good, fresh look at things, um, without a bunch of baggage. I, I just all felt right to me. Felt like the good, just felt like a good Well, con- congratulations is an understatement. Randy, I want to ask your professional opinion in a moment. I'm going to bring this up. Somebody that has a resume that goes like this, that goes through all these positions. And Stephanie, are you a college graduate or? Where I'm did not. You- yeah, you were cutting you. You're cutting to my chase here, and the reason why I'm getting to that is the only the, the thing I, I hear as I hear this story is your life is about learning. It sounds like you are. It's a, it's a like when people say about a lifelong endeavor to learn, or I like to learn, or whatever. You're the embodiment of that. And I, before I ask you about that, Randy, what's this like on a on a professional coach file? What what does the, somebody like Stephanie bring to the table, if you know what I'm saying? Well, listen, you're talking to somebody. I'm 18 hours shy of a degree in journalism from LSU. So, really? I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I dropped out. Oh, I, I never out. knew I that. Dropped, oh, I dropped out because I was making too much money. Yeah. <laughs> I go in, the professor's like, I got this great gig lined up for you. Time, <laughs> unit, time speak unit in New Orleans. I said, I'm not going to New Orleans. You're out of your mind. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, it's, I, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's great. You know, I have conversations regularly, Stephanie, with people that can't, they can't figure out ways to transition or translate skills that they have learned and put them in new situations, which you clearly have done. You clearly did it all through your time at the POA, taking one position and leveraging it. You know, I mean, you're like, okay, a receptionist accounting, golf okay i mean what did john paul see i i I mean what did he tell you he saw i mean why why did he think that you were whatever skills you had were transferable to his world in directing the golf at the time you know honestly i really think it's just personality i think i'm a people person i really think it had to do with just people i was i wasn't i wasn't shy i wasn't sitting in a corner minding you know minding my own business i was engaged. Yeah. I was engaged. Yeah. yeah. Well, and those, and those are, I've told Dennis a story before, you know, when uh, years ago I had a CEO who asked me, had hired me to help work with some of his team. Why are soft skills so hard? Yeah. I said, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, you know, but it, it, it affords a guy like me to get a few POs every now and again. So, uh, so yeah. I'll take it. My, my question is, so describe for us the role now at Arvest and, and what exactly do you do? Yeah. Um, well, I'm still, I'm still building it real frankly, you know, I'm still sort of, um, putting it all together, but I guess I would say this, I absolutely 100% believe in the company. I mean, it's a phenomenal bank (laughs) and the people I work with are 
the best, the absolute best. They just, they just really are. I know Dennis has worked with them a lot too, but Don Gooch, Franklin Bass, those are only two names in a litany, a list of a ton of, a ton of great people there. But, um, and for those, I mean, of, I, I, for those of us that don't know and aren't familiar stuff, so give us some background, some context of the bank. I mean, the history or, or anything else. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Arvest is is people helping people find financial solutions for life. That's our mission, and I, you know, and it's it's simple, and it's and it's all and it's absolutely true. It's exactly what we do. We're um, we're actually founded, you know, by the by the Walton Foundation. It's a it's a Walmart uh, founded bank. It's um, the oldest bank in Arkansas. It's a uh, you know, it's, it's, we're in four states. I think we have somewhere around 6,000 associates within the company. So we're strong. We're passionate. We're team oriented. Um, we believe in each other, you know, I mean, it's, it's got the best culture. It's, it's just a really, really good company. We were just this last year and, um, gosh, I, I want to say Newsweek. I'm going to probably get that wrong, but I, I want to say Newsweek in the top 100 companies to work for in the country, so it's just, it's just a great, great bank. I mean, it really, really is. And, and we do go out of our way to find ways to help customers, you know, with, with whatever the financial need, whether it's wealth management, you know, uh, investments or loans or, you know, mortgage, um, equipment, financing, just any, you know, any number of different things that we can, that we can do for whether it's commercial or um, personal finance, but it's just good. It's just a good company. And your role and your role there today is, and I get that. My, my, my job title, I, I'm business development and community advisor for the bank. So I'm not a loan officer. I don't open accounts. Uh, but I, but my job really is, you know, I kind of want to say I'm a little bit of a brand ambassador. I'm somebody who's, who's engaged in hot springs village as a, as a bank representative and, um, and yeah, I want to, I do want to bring clients to the bank. I do want to be able to talk, to, to talk bank business to people that I interact with on a daily basis. And, and when I meet somebody like a Dennis or a Randy that have uh, a business interest that they say, Hey, is there something that our guests might be able to do for me? Uh, I want to be able to talk about that. And, and then I want you to trust me that I'm going to be able to do my best work for you. Right. So yeah, business development really is my, is my role. And I, and I want to just tell you my experience, Randy, and it, I, we've never discussed or, and I haven't even said this with you, Stephanie. Um, there've been many times in Glenn Minton, uh, <laughs> Stephanie, uh, uh, Jennifer, I mean, I can go down the list. There's a fantastic list of people, uh, Scott DeBeer. I've worked with him yeah. many years. Um, but as I go down the list and, and, you know, I'll go in and sit down and say, okay, I've got this plan I'm trying to do, and I should, I'm trying to do it this way. And I'm, I don't know how to go this way. I'm thinking back about in particular about the last meeting I had with you and Glenn, and this is not an Arvest commercial. This is just my reality. Right. Uh, and that is, is that I walk in and, you know, Randy, you've been to environments before, and I know you, you and I approach these things a lot alike, but you walk in and you sit down and you think, okay, well, we're going to have a, a conversation and it, it, you look around and, and you kind of size up the room and you realize there's a bullseye on your forehead and it's just a matter of who's going to pull the trigger and well, can you buy today? And what are you going to do? I'd never felt that way. I have never felt that way. I felt as if I sat down with friends who were trying to find the best solution for me. And, and when I brought this things up to Glenn, Glenn was like, well, have you heard about this builder? 
I'm like, well, no, well, he's a great guy. We worked with him on this. You need to talk to him about this. Well, have you thought about this? Well, no, I haven't thought. And so it, it, instead of being, and we talked about it just a few minutes ago, Randy, instead of being a transaction, it's a relationship. It's not just transactional. It's, you know, when I walk out of the meeting with you, Stephanie, we still have a relationship. Even if I do a transaction, it's still based on our relationship. And I, anyway, that, that that's what I think people that are listening and watching need to know is that the, my experience, and I hope everyone's experience with Arvest has been, there are people behind there. And like you say, people helping people achieve their financial goals, I think is what you said. Um, that's not how it is everywhere I go. Well, it's a good place. I mean, it really is. It's, it's just a good, it's a good company. I'm proud to be a part of it. I really, yeah. I wouldn't have left. I wouldn't have left, uh, like I said, a career of 31 years for anywhere. And it took the right, took the right opportunity, the right place. And I, and I found it. So, okay. Okay. So, so I know we got to be careful with your time here, but I want to hear the funniest thing that ever happened to you when you were at the POA. Okay? Oh my gosh. The funniest thing I've had some interesting phone calls like back. Let's see. I'll, I'll give you some back in the reception day times. Um, I've had people call me and want me to do something about the noise level of the C one thirties going over their house. Can you at the POA please control that? Those noisy airplanes flying over my house. And you just didn't call the air force and say, Hey, listen, can you redirect the planes? <laughs> That was one of those where POA was just can't, we can't fix it. We just couldn't fix it. That was one <laughs> funny things. Let me think. Some of them I can't quite tell you. They're well, that's not, okay. You can't. They're not repeatable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wish I could tell you. There's a, well, there's a Randy, couple that are. Randy may have the questions pulled up in just a minute. Yeah, I'm ready. Sure. I'm ready. Okay. Okay. Well, Light, lightning round, but go ahead, Dennis. Well, no, I, I was just going to ask one more question and I, I, I want to, I'd love, really would love to have you back and, and dig a little deeper here. One of the things I'd love to know is uh, in, in 2006, Cooper ceased active engagement or uh, they didn't build any more homes, didn't build any more lots. And, you know, that these people would say, well, they left. Well, they never left. I understand. I mean, you know, they're, they're going to be the, de- the developer until they sell those rights or in perpetuity or whatever. And from, from, from day zero, 1970 to 2006, the POA and the, and the, the, uh, the Cooper had a very symbiotic relationship. You know, uh, we didn't get our trash picked up today. Okay. We'll go talk to the POA. Well, we we were thinking about selling our lot. Okay. Go talk to Cooper. Well, when Cooper went away that way, or when they ceased active operations there, uh, it felt to me like the POA may have lost its way or, or not known what to do because their big brother wasn't standing beside them there to prop them up, you know, from here on out. Um, what, what do you see as the future? What do you, what do you envision or what, how do you see that event? Well, I think, I think what happened was, um, I mean, as you said, into the, Cooper didn't leave, but they, they ceased their operation. And what didn't transpire during that period of time was a, was a solid transition plan. So while they ceased their oper- operation, there wasn't a conversation happening pre-2006 over the course of 12 months, 18 months prior to that, which should have been happening um, to, to say, hey, we're no longer going to be marketing Hot Springs Village. We're no longer going to be doing any lot sales for Hot Springs Village. We're no longer, we're no longer going to be doing these key components of, of uh, operational stuff that you're going to have to pick up. Somebody's going to have to pick this, these pieces up that are now going to be left by the wayside. 
And so Hot Springs Village, I think, you know, the POA was left ill-prepared. We were ill-prepared to take on marketing, for an example, to take on a sales role. We'd never been, we were maintenance up right up until that point. The Hot Springs Village POA was a maintenance company. They really were. And and to interrupt for those listening that don't know, Cooper was bringing in a couple of thousand, I mean, tens of thousands of people a a year and then it just stopped. That's right. And, and up until that point, the assessment dollars were growing every single year because additional lots were being sold every single year. And you have to remember every single new lot that was sold was those were lots that were being brought into the, you know, one year there would be 20,000 lots. The next year there were 25,000 lots. The next year there was 20, you know, 28,000 lots and there was 29,000 and then 30,000 lots. So every year we were growing by the number of lots that Cooper was selling. And those were new assessment dollars, new assessment dollars, new assessment dollars. And people were still paying back then. <laughs> that was when people still paid their assessments. <laughs> so, um, so it was kind of a perfect storm, truthfully. I mean, you had Cooper stopping operation, POA not prepared to take on the role of marketer, salesman, you know, these things that Cooper had traditionally done. And then the great, you know, and then the great recession hits. And, and people start turning back their lots. So all of these things happened in the course of a, a very short 36-month time span. And wow, it just, it was just a, it was a punch in the gut. And, and it took a decade to try to figure out how to pull out of it. By the way, this is why I love you. Seriously, <laughs> you, you put a succinct, that was a succinct answer. And it, no, it made sense. It, from an outside or an inside, when you realize all those variables, I've seen all these variables for 20 years. I didn't realize everything lined up just like that at that same time. Do you, when people ask, and, and we, we ask Jennifer Allen, we ask, well, you know, uh, you know, is it, is the village a resort is it a retirement community? What is it? And she came back with a better question, which was what does the village want to be when it grows up? And we were like, ooh, good question. <laughs> good question. How do you see things? Should it be a resort? Should it, I mean, what your your opinion now, appreciately, not speaking for any business or anything. I mean, I just think that people that move here want to live their best life. And if you want to feel retired and live your best life in a retirement mind, then be retired. If you want it to feel like a resort every day, then feel like I just don't think it has to be any one thing. Here's the deal. It's 26,000 acres, folks. It's 34,000 lots. It's really, really big. doesn't have to be one thing. I think it's too big to be one thing. That's a fair answer. I love that. Will you be on again? Would you please? Sure. We'd love to have you back. (laughs) Randy, fire. I'm sorry. We we won't, we won't blitz you with the lightning round next time, but we will this time. Yeah. We got to hit you. you. Is this hard? No, these are real quick and real fun. Okay. Hiking, Hiking, boating, golf, or tennis. Hiking boat, often hiking. Hamburger or taco? Taco. Beaches or woods? Beaches. <laughs> Knew that one. <laughs> Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Extrovert. If you had a warning label. Actually, can I go back? I'm an introvert. I'm an extrovert that really kind of wants to be an introvert. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Randy, y'all need to have a conversation. Uh, well, Dennis <laughs> is an extrovert who, who wants to be an extrovert. I'm an introvert who kind of looks like an extrovert. Yeah. So there's that. If you had a warning label, what would it say? Mm. Oh, gosh, I don't know. I want to say like something like explodes when it gets too hot or something. <laughs> 
don't poke the bear. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Favorite sport or team? Uh, football, Razorbacks. There you go. Appetizer or dessert? Oh, appetizer all day. And it would be? Oh, I like a good charcuterie, Terry. Yeah. I'm all about the cheese and salamis and meats. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, There you go. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's the most interesting thing you can see out your windows? Oh, I see Lake Maria right now. Lake Maria. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 That's good. Reading, watching, or listening? Uh, Reading. Sneakers, sandals, or hiking shoes? Sandals. Do you have a nickname? Effie. Effie? Effie? Like E-F-F-I-E. E-F-F-I-E. Yep. My nieces and nephews couldn't say Stephanie growing up, so they called me Aunt Effie. Effie. Cute. So I just Cute. go by Effie. <laughs> by the way, Randy, I want the last question today. Go ahead. I'm going to save one. First job. Uh, course and I refer- no, that's not true. My very first job, I worked at Swenson's ice cream store in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's 14. First, first pet. 14. I rode my motorcycle to work. I had a motorcycle. Uh, okay. You were awesome. 14 <laughs> yeah, year old. It was a Suzuki about- 100. Boom, boom. <laughs> Suzuki 100. How far, how far was work from home? Yeah, it was about eight miles. It was a way. <laughs> Man. It's ways. Yeah. Repeat yeah. after repeat after me what you heard when you got to work. E- yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. First pet. Oh, it was a dog. It was a little yeah, it was a dog. Do you dog. remember the name? Princess. Princess. Favorite movie. Pride and Prejudice. Man. Kira Knightley. It's yeah. awesome. Heavy lifting. If you were a superhero, what power would you have? Uh to be invisible. Yeah, that's mine too. Yeah. What would you sing at karaoke night? Oh, I wouldn't. I would never sing oh, at karaoke uh, night. I mean, but if you if you could and you would, what if would it I be? If I could and I would, I would sing. I don't know. Anything by Fleetwood Mac, probably. Stevie right. Nicks. Some Stevie Nicks songs. All right. These last two are musical, and then I'm going to let Dennis have the last one. So favorite musician or band? Oh, I probably uh, – um, actually, I really love um, – I love Mumford & Sons. That's that's my favorite these days, Mumford. There you go. Can't complain yeah. with that. First concert? Um, Chicago. There you go. Yeah, now we're showing our age. Yeah, yeah I love Chicago. We, <laughs> yeah, we saw them a like couple it. of years before the pandemic. Yeah, wow, yeah, like it was it. great. All right, Dennis, ask your question. All right, you ready? This is the big one. Uh-oh. Can you ask me how old I am, Dennis? No, 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 no. This is much, much more important. <laughs> okay. Alabama <laughs> or Georgia? Georgia. <laughs> dogs. <laughs> the dogs. I was yeah, about to say, it's a, dogs or the, or the Bama. <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me what my real hair color was. I'm really going to get to that. <laughs> All right. We got to give context because when we're recording, this is January the 10th. So it's national, oh, yeah. uh, national championship days we're recording. So the audience will know. And well, by the time it comes out, we'll know whether you were cheering or crying. Yeah. So I have yeah. really, really great friends. We have some really great friends. This will be in for another time, but Tom and I met some of our very best friends that we've, that we have today on vacation in Cancun and they live in Atlanta, Georgia. Both are grads from University of Georgia. They're both dogs. They are 
yeah, big time dogs. So for them, we're, we're rooting for the dogs. Well, I don't know if you saw the post on Facebook. I had this last week, but it said, you know, don't make fun of the South when we get snow. Cause it's about as often as a Northern team actually plays for the championship. Yeah. But I'm pumped. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> SEC, baby. SEC, SEC. It's it's a it's a tougher world. <laughs> I remember back when I was a kid, we were in the uh, Southwest Conference. Arkansas was, yeah. and people would always say, "Who are you playing this week?" And I'm like, "Somebody in Texas." <laughs> now I'm also a big OU fan. Like it was a t- you know my other family who uh, I'll have to maybe tell them not to listen to this, but um, OU they would maybe they would maybe chastise me for not saying. Yeah, OU well, I was going to ask you as a Tulsa girl, you you were you were. It was high probability you were an OSU fan, so I was gonna yeah. I was gonna ask because I'm a I'm a rabid Sooner fan, even though I went to yeah. OSU. So, no, yeah. It's Sooner, Sooner, Sooners, more Sooners. We don't yeah, do yeah. orange in my yeah. family. No orange, no Texas yeah. orange, no uh, no, orange exactly. black for the Sooners. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it was a uh, it was a it was a learning moment for me with our my relationship with Randy when I figured out that his coach was leaving and going somewhere else. I was like, man, I've never seen somebody so bummed. Yeah, we were in our car. We had left Hot Springs Village. I'm driving, and Rhonda says, Lincoln Riley's leaving, going to USC. And I said, stop it. No, he's not. Yeah. And, of course, and then when he did, and within 10 days, I was thrilled. I've never been more pumped about OU football in my entire yeah. life. I've Seriously, you got a good happy. coach. It's a good coach. We have a good coach coming. It's good. Oh, it's awesome. It's going to be great. It's awesome. I'm pumped. All the while, I'm going, who's Lincoln Riley? Who? Yeah, exactly. What? Huh? What? I'm pumped. I'm pumped. you got to get with it, Dennis. This I, is do, I do. I do. I do. I get that a lot. I've heard that many times, Stephanie. The, today, you got to get with it, Dennis. Yeah, well, he's he's nicknamed Muleshoe because he's from Muleshoe, Texas. So, Norman, they won't even call him by name now on the radio. They call him Muleshoe. <laughs> Because he was, he's the defector who went out west. So that's funny. it's been great having you on, Stephanie. And it's been worth the wait, I might add, too. It has well, been very much worth the wait. Been a delight, dear. Well, I appreciate you guys. It was fun. It was fun. Ask me again. I'll try not to be so elusive. No, no, no. We're happy to have you. For Hot Springs Village Inside Out, I'm Dennis Simpson. He's Randy Cantrell, and that's Stephanie Heffer. We've wanted to have for months, and we'll be back with another episode shortly. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by visiting our website, hsvinsideout.com, and tell a friend.